and welcome to another edition of Spoilerama. I'm Mick Jordan. And I'm Marina Gorski. And today we're going to discuss The Neon Demon, finally. Uh, my film of last year we get to discuss because Marina finally got to see it. And also, the reason we're doing it is because we have a special guest joining us today to discuss the film because he has made a video essay about it, <laughs> which he's launched recently. So would you like to introduce it's on YouTube. yourself? <laughs> yes, we'll come to that. I Where just wanted it? to. Not yet. It's not yet on YouTube, <laughs> see? Well, it will be... Okay, we're 30 <laughs> seconds in and we still haven't. He's, he's overtaking our <laughs> session speak, please. Oh, he's only here to laugh. <laughs> Which you just do. He's only here to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, would you like to introduce yourself, Chris? <laughs> Hello, I'm Christopher Buckley. I'm a filmmaker and uh, I am a part time editor as well. I am friends with these two. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> for, him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for him. After this, he'll never. I've talk been waiting this. 49 podcasts. <laughs> no, you have been on. He's been on the show before. Oh, he yes, was on that's our right. Rogue One special. Yeah. He was the one member of the audience we actually trapped <laughs> into talking to us about the film. I was, with my, I was with my friend at that time and I was like, hey man, do you want to be in, in, like, get interviewed for a thing? And he's like, no. <laughs> I think, no. That's <laughs> the term used. But you recommended to us when we said we'd like to do a podcast and have you on it, you suggested to us that we discuss The Neon Demon yes. and I was delighted because <laughs> I loved the film. Marina missed it in the cinema last year. She is a fan of Drive and... I suspect a different reaction to this. Did you like this film? I did. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> I did. I did. Oh my god! But uh. no, it's just because I have a very um, weak stomach for stuff. Because uh. this is when I started watching the film, I was like, right, okay, um, it was all right up until um, where she's in the runway, and I and these images started appear. I think she dreamt of that beforehand. Yeah, it was the triangle. She was she, she kept envisioning the triangle throughout the film. It was kind of like uh, her peering into the next part of her life, really. And that's what the yeah. I think what the director uh, Nicholas Winding Refn was trying to convey as her. That's basically like I think is I loved the film. There was only like one small issue I had with it, and I'll get to that like later. It was mainly to do with our good friend Keanu Reeves, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I had an issue with him as well. Yeah, it okay, just okay. I didn't. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, one of the scenes that freaked me out <laughs> was when your woman went into the... The morgue. The, the morgue. morgue. The yeah. mor oh, yes. What the fuck was that? Oh, then I was like, now he's really trying to shock, isn't he? Because well, this is just... No, the most shocking scene for me... Uh, that actually didn't bother me because someone spoiled that for me before I went into it. Someone that's actually. Well, I'd forgotten when I watched because I watched it again last week. I, I watched it last night. That was in. I, but when that scene came on, that was my thought was, "Oh, Marina's going to freak." <laughs> <laughs> no, the one scene. That, if you watch it with your mother. Or the one like scene this. that really it didn't freak me out because I don't have an issue with gore. I just maybe go feel a little uneasy. I, every time I get uneasy, I start just feeling my throat a bit like, "Oh God, this is disgusting" or something like that. My belly and, hurts. Uh, but I remember watching it, and there was a scene with a knife. When uh, Keanu Reeves oh, comes into her into her room yeah. and puts the knife in her mouth, and I start going, mm, I start feeling yeah. my throat. Like that's so. Like, I that well, that's us as well. And so, I, like both those scenes, freak me out a little for the same reason in that I feel uncomfortable. As is this abusive, mm. and it's like, is it ref and being abusive in the way that David Lynch does this yeah. as well? And they're not because it is well, it, they're certainly not mm. meant to be. And uh, with that scene, mm. particularly the. Um, woman what? having sex well masturbation basically on top of a corpse. corpse I was going okay yeah, it is like you said is he just going to extremes for mm. the sake of extremes but I read later that was entirely improvised by her when was yeah. she was just That's... supposed to kiss the corpse and she just <laughs> carried, so she just brought it on a bit further yeah. Jenna Malone that was a uh, Jenna Malone creeped out yeah. and I'd be like 
Now listen, missus, I don't know what you're... Her performance... What you like, her, but please. Her, the one thing I like about this film as well is that we have a lot of... Uh, we have Well, Ella Fanning is an established actress, so with Jenna Malone. But two actresses who aren't really established, one of them being a former model, were fantastic in the film. Yeah. The Abby, the Abby Lee and Bella Hatcote. But Abby yeah. Lee is a former model. She was in She's Mad Max. She's the Australian she? one. She is Gigi. Oh, oh, no, wait. She's no, no, wait. No, she's Sarah. She's, she's the Sarah. one that was the, with the chiseled face. And then Gigi and I is... I think she's beautiful. Gigi was the one who uh, was referred to as the bionic woman, which is a funny, yeah. in- interesting fact. In that scene where she's talking about she's had so much plastic surgery done and how she had so she's known as the bionic woman. Uh, Refn told her throughout the film to not emote to in refer oh, refer right. referring back to how much her face has been changed over the course of her over the course of her career as a modeling um as a model and I said in my uh, video I say that it's basically his deconstruction of the fashion industry and how it is pardon my French how it is massively fucked up like oh, ex- oh, yeah. uh, it, the scene that really uh, established that for me was uh, with uh, with Sarah with uh, Abby Abby Lee's character when she misses going to the fashion show and she uh, Ella Fanning takes over and she just loses it she rips up her photos she smashes the window and she cuts Ella Fanning's uh, uh, arm open and she sees mm. the bone she wants it and she just tries to get it all over it so disturbing you can see it's driving her insane to be young again and be beautiful again well, yeah. this is, uh, that, but that's what I took from it mm. in that like I basically I said right the premise of this is that the fashion industry is shallow and venal and evil and fine once you take that on board then everything else is image mm. like it, this is all the metaphors for that and the emptiness of it and the very fact that Gigi is that her name is the one who doesn't emote uh, yeah, that's yeah. Gigi yeah. and that she is so static all mm. the time and the way she talks and her conversation and she's they're all nasty they're all yeah. mean spirited people mm. but that and then it just turns with that whole scene in the bathroom where she smashes the mirror and Elle Fanning is, is bleeding and she start, she's sucking her blood mm. because she wants to be young again. and that's yeah. when the film then changes into devouring it's the image yeah. of the industry devours yeah. you and then they literally well, it's have the whole it. thing of mm. I want to be like her mm. yeah. and how the whole world also you know girls nowadays say have to compare themselves to these people yeah. as yeah. well and they need to be like them how you know, Kylie Jenner fucking changes her mouth, her bum, her vagina or whatever it is they change. Her face. Just to look like that. Like, yeah. like this whole My, uh, I fucked up image of a woman that doesn't exist. Well, that, that's particularly what struck me about it was they weren't remotely attractive. Yeah. Like I found them so, because they're so robotic and bionic yeah. Yeah. that they cease to be humans. And I know Fanny I didn't find particularly attractive in herself, but it's said to she's natural. Yeah. Whereas she's gone on the whole time. Everyone wants to be me, and this is what the guy, the um, Carl Guzman's the, character, a fashion designer. Oh no, that's not him. Uh, the, the fellow who says uh, compares her to Gigi and uh, says, "You have to have that. That's natural." Yeah. Thing. Whereas you, you just keep manufacturing it. Mm. I said, "Yeah, but he's actually telling the truth to yeah. a certain extent that it is. That's what it is. Mm. Like he's just an evil shit." Yeah. Uh, but everyone is. Even mm. the guy who. Um, his with her at that time, who she's Carol Glusman. Yeah, Carol Glusman. Yeah, he's effectively trying to use her as well. Yeah, like, I mean, they because only he wants his pictures. Yeah, open. and yeah. his pictures are fairly nasty too. Like, yeah, the first, I- uh, the first image of the film is her literally. Which is great. It's a, such a brilliant story. image. I'm glad they used that on the poster of her lying down dead on the uh, on the. I think actually here's a little interesting, funny uh, side side thing for you. Uh, I watched this film last night and re- you know to prepare. Even though I did a VOS, I figure I watch it again because I have a oh, Blu-ray yeah. at home. And uh, my parents are very, they're not open to kind of art house films. My dad's seen Drive and he liked it and he thought it was interesting. 
he had no clue what was going on and only got forgives. And I remember I was watching the film. What? And then the very first scene he saw in the film when he walked in <laughs> was uh, the, he came in at the very start with the dead the seat. And he went, what the hell? And uh, it's just, she's doing a fashion show in the film. I was like, then he came in with the scene with the corpse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. was so, when I was watching that, because um, I was at John's, uh, Mr. Marina Gorski, mm-hmm. um, stepmother and father's house <laughs> down in the country, right? And there, like, there's not really much to do, as in, um, we were t- there for two days. So I just said, oh, listen, guys, I'm just going to go up to the other room to watch a film. So I was there sitting down, and there were, they were these workers in the construction <laughs> do, adding another bit to the house. And I was just so <laughs> conscious that there were people walking behind me the whole time. Oh, my God. That I, I just, uh, for that scene, I just went into the bathroom after, just, and watched it. And I was like, I just, okay, grand, I hope there's nothing else. My parents at this point <laughs> have seen my own films and my own films are pretty dark and they're inspired. I thought you were going to say that they had some kind of uh, masturbation. My, no, my, scene, my <laughs> scenes are, my movies are very dark and my ma- and they're in slightly inspired, they're inspired, uh, inspired off Bergman uh Ingmar Bergman, uh, Tarkovsky, and Refn himself, and okay. even and slightly a bit of Terence Malick in there. Although I'm not usually a fan of his work anymore, but um, they're slightly inspired off of those four directors in particular. So I, my parents have always mm-hmm. seen the work I've done. So they, when they see my film, when I films, I watch it. It's like, pfft. I remember I showed them my first film, and it was a it was a metaphor for um, it was like it was an anti suicide prevention film, and they watched it, and they were just my mom sat down. He was like, Chris. Are you okay? She thought I was. She she, 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 she thought I was like depressed. Like, to plead for help. Yeah, <laughs> and the next film is not going to be anything better because I'm filming my next film in about uh, three, not long after we finished college in, in the, on the twenty second of and twenty third of April down in Dollymount uh, Strand, and it's also it's a very dark, dark, dark movie. And was, the, that, was that your avant garde one? No, that's the one I filmed okay. for class. I was I was actually down in Dollymount fil- uh, to get into location scouting, so I figured I'd film some scenes for it. That was also very dark, even though it was about <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> Again, and are these up on YouTube? Uh, Shield, it? which is the one I filmed for my avant garde piece for Conrad Murphy, my lecture. Uh, there's a little shout out to one of my favorite lectures. <laughs> uh, is on um, YouTube literally about ten to twenty minutes ago, so that's up there. Uh, my YouTube channel is a pretty easy one to find. Christopher Buckley. <laughs> I know. I, I'm not joking. There's another Christopher Buckley. He's a journalist. Like I, 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 I type my name into YouTube. I was the second thing that came up, and that is a that is a that is a fact. And that was, and I was happy with that. I was. I came after a famous journalist. Like literally, the first thing that came up when I typed in Christopher Buckley is Christopher Buckley journalist, Christopher Buckley Trump, and I've never talked about Trump yet. <laughs> well, well, then I mean, that's I, your goal to be the first thing that comes up now. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully. I have that problem when I Google Michael Jordan. <laughs> he should change just to Mick Jordan <laughs> probably still find him as well <laughs> aka Michael Jordan you're the white version of Michael Jordan because you're tall and bald <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> well, moving back to the film yeah. that we're here to discuss one thing I want to bring up about the film especially is how uh, I remember I talked about it in my uh, in my video essay is that I remember I was talking to a friend of mine about the film actually just a few days ago when I was telling him I was beyond the podcast and he was saying to me he didn't get why it was called The Neon Demon. He didn't understand why it was called The Neon Honestly, Demon. Honestly, I don't either. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, to me, it was one of those, there's so many things like this in film mm. I don't think about mm. what they mean. Like, to me, it was just 
a name because it's a name that evokes the film very well. Mm. Yeah. Like demon, evil, neon. It's all there's often yeah. neon light, but it wasn't. I just I don't mind why. Mm. And this is what I said about film. Why I was happy with going into it the first time. Right, this film about the fashion industry, so it's all nasty people consuming each other. Right, I know that, so I don't have to think about it. It's all. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know about that when I was. I didn't but know I just, anything I, about it. So but I, I went. I wasn't, to but I just I worked that out. If what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I thought that as well. But yeah. I just thought, is there a bigger meaning to this? Does he want to, you know, I don't know. Is there something else? Because it was also philosophical. Yeah. That well, he, I just thought, would there be in, uh, more to the name mm. than the obvious? Well, I wasn't even thinking of the name. I think like the whole film, I said, I don't really, it's not that I don't care. Mm. I'm just, it's not my priority. It's what's underlying the images. I'm just well, like the imagery. Think, it's I what didn't I do. think that, of that throughout the film. It was just yeah. afterwards. That's what I always, when I see a film, I, I always, I always, I will always make time to see it a second time if it's like this and it's exactly what I did with the Neon Demon I saw it I think three times in cinema before I bought the Blu-ray wow. uh, like just looking and trying to diagnose the film without having to go online and diagnose uh, look at other people's an an analysis on it so I just wanted to look and go and just literally get my spectacles on like and just like literally look at it and just I, li- I remember the third time I came in I brought a notepad and just taking down okay. stuff. I, this is actually what I do sometimes when I see something. Sometimes, I remember I saw Only God Forgives twice, and the second time I saw, I got. I it was more easy to understand. Uh, yeah. Only God, but this one was a lot more like I just needed to think. Like there I were, love to take a notepad in. Yeah. Mr. Marina Gorski always says, "If the day you bring that notepad in <laughs> is the day I decide not to watch films with you anymore." <laughs> well, well, you are a film <laughs> student. Uh, when you are, you are a film student. If uh, if if you're da- if you're dating a film, if you're a person who just likes films and you're dating a film student, you're in for trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because John is. Oh, you should see. Fuck it. <laughs> because he he really loves films, but he has a very strong opinion about them that is just not right. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> because me being a film student, I know what I'm talking about. I think we're, it, we're about to see the breakup. Of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't. That, I I come in and then there's already a breakup. What have I done? <laughs> yeah, but that's what I said to him. I said we cannot talk about films anymore once we leave. As soon as I say to him, "Oh, I love this," and he said, "I hated it," I was okay. That's it. I have uh, one. I have one but friend. I have one friend who's outside of college, and I'm not going to say her name because she'll kill me. Uh, but me and her have been like best friends for like four years now, and she loves going to see. Uh, she loves going. She is. Uh, she's a uh, gay so she loves going to see. Uh, uh, female gay romances in mm. cinemas stuff in the IFI. We went to see Summertime or La Belle Saison about a couple months ago, and uh, but she uh, when she gets takes the, me to them. Like she always likes. I want to go see them. I get to take her to see anything I want. And she, but the one thing I like, the one thing that's great is that she doesn't complain at all, even if she doesn't like the film. And I remember I took her to see what did I take her to see. She took me to see, I think she took me to see Blue Is the Warmest Color. And then right. I, t- and then she, I took her to see Only God. And you took her to see Blue Is the Warmest Color. <laughs> <laughs> I took her to see Only God Forgives. I think I think it's the same year. I think so. Yeah. It was something along the lines of that maybe it wasn't uh, Reffin, but I took her to see something very, 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 very. Like that, <laughs> uh, like yeah. like that, and uh, we watched it, and I was expecting her to absolutely because I actually thought the reform was good. I wasn't blown away by it, but I liked it. I did like it, and uh, which is so, and uh, we went to see it, and she came over, and I was sitting there going, "Oh, she's gonna hate it. She's gonna hate it. She's gonna hate it." So what's she think about the film? She goes, "I want to see it again," and I was <laughs> like, "What?" And she was like, "I want to see it again. I'm really interested with that film." And I was like, "And literally, it was like I it was literally like one of those moments where I wanted to get a glass of water and go." What? <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those moments because I only have uh, in when I go to see films like our house films like this. I have 
three people in my class who go student with because not everyone in my class is into them, but a good few people in my class are. Then I have three friends at home who are for, well, her mainstream guys. I saw a pair of oranges with them. They had a ball. I was like, Pfft. that's why I have <laughs> two boyfriends. One of them is making one of them. <laughs> <laughs> the You're revealing far too much in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a couple. The eyes he just gave you were like, oh my God, what has she just said? John's going to kill me. <laughs> Is that his name? Uh, no, is that his name? He's more worried that the police is gonna get him. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Is that his name, John? John, yeah. Yeah. What, Creative. What? I don't. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Look at he Dick. Does exist. Listen, listen. Dick Van Dyke. He's nine years old. He has like a forty-year-old girlfriend. You're grand. You're a great fan of Dick Van Dyke, I aren't know, you? I am. So much so you can't spot him when he plays the part in your favourite film. Oh, you have to throw that in my face. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why he played possible. it. He played it so well. Yes. That I didn't recognize. Is this Mary Poppins? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I got it. <laughs> Marina's favorite film. And you should. One of. One of Marina's favorite. That she's ret- since the time. He's returning for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I Probably d- playing a banker. Did you know he played one of the bankers <laughs> in the original one? <laughs> Did you? No. Oh my God! No one knows. <laughs> I only know he played the. Uh, he the sweet. I didn't know he played a banker. No. The, the main, old the old banker. That's Dick Van Dyke as well. And when we recorded one of our first podcasts to discuss Mary Poppins, a film I saw for the first time just a week before, and Marina. Are you serious? I saw that when I was like six. When you were like six, I was not like six. A lot older. He was. It was back in what? The film came out before Christ. No, you were actually. You've had a long time, Mick. The film came out in sixty-four. I came out some years after that. Not many. But by when I was a child, it wasn't on television. So by the time it would have been freely available, I was an adult and wasn't looking for it. So I did. I have to do. We've had this on the podcast already. Uh, but the, the main point of my story is that while we were reviewing it in this, I happened to mention talking about the film that Marina had seen about 50 times. <laughs> that, um, how great Vic and Dick Van Dyke was as Vic, the Vic banker. Van. And it was a pause. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is complete news to her. Listen, everyone has that one film that we haven't seen. I still haven't seen Gone with the Wind yet. <laughs> I've never seen, and everyone asks me, where have you been? It are the I'm getting ready. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen The Godfather. Huh? Oh my God, Marina. I know. Mm. How long have we known each other? Now this is coming out? A year, mate. Do you want to oh, know? Here's, here's an interesting story. Here's an interesting years, story. Many years since our Godfather films. Four years ago, uh, I was. At, I remember I was in school. I in school. Yeah, I was in school. It was at the end of my year in sixth year. So yeah, I'm 21 in case anyone's guessed. And uh, I was there, and I was talking. We were all talking about movies, and I remember they were all talking about the Matrix. And I was like, guys, I've never seen any of the Matrixes. Mm. Not see, hadn't seen the three of them. And they got. I only got around to watch them in first year of college, and I want to know something. I hated all three of them, <laughs> including the first one. <laughs> Which brings us back to Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> that was great loop. That was that yeah. was like, that was all yeah. intentional. I could see. Wind. I can't really connect. I was sitting. I was sitting there for a minute. I looked over at Mick, and I think he was giving his eyes really because I thought, "Oh my god, I'm gonna, he's going to kill me if I say I hate these movies." <laughs> and then, <laughs> and he was. That w- that you know what one. film I don't like? Lulu. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Because of Louise Brooks. Now it's I have never. Called, it's not called Lulu. Well, I, I don't know because I've never seen. Yeah, exactly. So you know what film I don't like? I like it so little I don't even know what it's fucking called. <laughs> Lulu. Lulu is the character she plays in Pandora's Box, which you will be watching for a future podcast. Have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> 
Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Have you seen that? Yeah. Have you? You've both seen it. Have oh, you? Yeah. Talk about it on your podcast someday, please. Please. <laughs> but today, we're yeah. Back to Keanu Reeves. Neon Demon. Well, yeah. Actually, bring him back. Bring him back to Keanu Reeves. I actually brought it up earlier. He was the one part of the film that just bothered me. This is he like be useless. No, no. What's interesting is this is after I saw John Wick. When I, because prior to that, I'll be honest, I was not a fan of Keanu Reeves. I liked him in one film, and that was well, three film, two films, Bill and Ted. That was it. I didn't like him in anything else. I haven't seen him. And like either. I, I, I remember then. I, but then I saw John Wick, and I was like, excellent. And then, <laughs> and then I see this, and I was like, oh god. He's okay. I mean, he's a small. Part. But, but they all so are everyone in it like there's no dominant characters in it everyone has small parts but his no, role L just bothered me his performance just bothered me it was, it was just so I think it was because they cast him I think if it was anyone else like a non-descript actor I would have been like you know that would have been fun but why did they cast Keanu Reeves it's too it's too like you know it's, ta it's taken it distracts me because he's the most like well-known actor in the film and you yeah. cast him in such a small role, and I get like you know that's fine for certain movies, but I just felt it so distracting to cast him. It's almost no, like Nicholas Winding Refn ran into him I and said, think, "Can you do this for two minutes?" I think that's deliberate because he does. It's the same with um, Christina Hendricks playing the woman who interviews her. Oh yeah, she was, in, she was in. Well, she was in. She was in. She's in a few of his films. She's in Drive. Drive. But I mean, she's in Mad Men. That's her. She's yes. a big, big enough star. I haven't but seen that yet. It's they're there as big stars in this film. It's mm. and Keanu Reeves is there. I don't know, I think he works. For me, he works in the film. I don't think anyone else I playing don't know. it. I just thought he was a little bit useless. And what I didn't get, actually, is what happened to the girl next door to her? That was screaming. Or something. Yeah. But you see, that's it's that's, full of things like that. Just throw yeah. away things. That's up to you. I think that's up yeah. to the audience. But, but the one other thing is interesting is that I, when it comes to like the visual quality, as you were just saying, I think the, the one scene in the film that above all else is, like for me, just... A, I'd watch it like multiple times just for the uh, absolute beautiful imagery and it was the transformation sequence that I the transformation sequence on the runway oh right that sequence to me is still this is with all this neon lights yeah oh yeah. that scene the, the lighting in that scene the way it cascades from like blue completely blue on her face and then mm. changes from red as she changes well that's and I mean that's just striking again, that is part of, that's what I'm saying is what I love about yeah. this film is things like that theme and the music because mm. this is what I wanted oh, to bring music. into well you see I love obviously I love that type of music that is, synthesizers thing. but I thought well, particularly in cinema yeah really striking just dum 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 thumping out yeah and I enjoyed it on the DVD but I was so aware no this was phenomenal in the cinema no, the and it's it's the whole thing you're in a dark room and mm. all you're focused on is the screen there's another scene in it where in the early in the film where she's modelling and the guy is setting her up and it just cuts from a very dark room of all this neon light yeah. and then suddenly it's just pure white yeah. and it's her standing alone in this white background. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful and that in the cinema is extraordinary like it actually hurts yeah. her eyes it's just a glare I would love to see something like this in IMAX and the sound and the sound coming out as well so that's sort of music it's perfect for cinema it's a great mixture yeah, as well the like they have like they, it's a good mixture as well because you got Cliff Martinez doing the score who did his previous two films yeah. Drive and, and, does, and it's also thing. his son his son Julian Wild Winding uh, Nicholas Winding reference son does one so song in it called The Demon Dance it's during the scene where uh, the three, when, she, you know, when Elle Fanning is introduced to the two models Gigi and Sarah and they go into the to the uh, show oh yeah the, it's like the dun 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 like that yeah. sort of big uh, music and that's the only part where it's different in the movie and I think they put that that was actually used in the trailer 
and it's just yeah. such a perfect like intense blend of music like that, that that scene and in particular is just the, the show where they have the woman tied up and she's like spinning around and it yeah. just it, and, and, the, and the only lighting in the scene is the flashing lights it's the oh, light. yeah, that. yeah that was, that was one of my phenomenal parts as well when it's just it's just the dark mm. yeah. it's all dark and you the only thing is that flash of light the now and again light. yeah to show their faces and yeah. i look and, and the reactions on their faces in particular you have uh you have uh uh, but uh, Ella Fanning's Ella Fanning's character she's like looking up like just in all this then Jenna Malone's character is like smiling at her and she's also just the door, and they look over and Gigi and Sarah and they're just peering at her like in this sort of devilish sort of way and yeah. it, it really reference that's a great little bit of subtle imagery of how they're going to change throughout the film like she's just staring at her with, like, the, it's mainly uh, Abby Lee's character just staring at her just with this like just when you watch it again it's like at first it's like oh she's staring at her the second time I watched it I was just like she really wants to kill her that's the idea right. I've got in my head this woman well, hates this woman you knew from the start that yeah. that's where it was going but at I least did, I did I, I didn't I didn't expect Elephant to get killed going to kill her. yeah I didn't expect that to happen well, I, I, to kill her. I thought it was because I thought that was where it was going because they kept saying they kept looking at her like that all yeah. the time and then once um, I think once it it was on the um when they were on talking to your man that said, no, that's that's real beauty. Yeah. Your fake mm. kind of stuff and the face on it. I was like, ah, no, they have to murder her. Like they have, it's I suppose, so, yeah. It's I was so, still surprised that how so graphic well, it was well, her murder. I think it is because it's more than a murder. Like prior, if it was just a murder, they're just killing her out of envy and so on. But they're murdering yeah. her too consume her yeah and the whole thing of and when she's killed the way it's done oh like the, brutal her being chased around the house you are automatically expecting her to escape because this yeah. is your way of thinking and she's the heroine and it's when she gets hit by one of them and then pushed and then, and then she's been chased around and the two chasing her are chasing her like terminators yeah the way they're running and everything it's yeah. all real robotic and yeah. da, 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 really intense and cold and calculating it, there's no passion in them and then she's just tossed into the swimming pool yeah. and it's just as well as that when she lands in the pool you're thinking oh she's just standing and she's lying there and she's dead and then suddenly this blood starts yeah, flowing and she starts it. twitching and you like you can see that she no cannot hope. move yeah, her legs and are then all she bent sees and these yeah. girls in the blur and they're walking over to her but yeah. it's just you realise that there's absolutely no hope I, with yeah. all that well, I kind of thought there was no hope before when right. they were running after because as soon as she grabbed the knife and started work, walking backwards I was like can't the other girl get the knife as well and then the other girl got yeah. the knife I was like oh fuck I could just imagine them throwing knives at each I, other <laughs> for a second there the one thing that I like about that scene is that it starts off with uh, with Ella Fanning standing on the uh, on the on the board and she's talking about her mother used to call her dangerous then she walks off I love the first shot you see of uh, Bella Hatcoat when she comes in she walks through the door and the, it's the only shot in the film I think one or two shots in the film where she's actually smiling it's really, it's intensely creepy and it really gets you. In, and, the, and I remember I actually used it in the VOSA. It's like one of the last shots in the VOSA. She just, it's a camera just peers on it and she just looks and she smiles for a second. She just smiles and goes back to being, you know. Her, but, her default. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. then she walks, then she just says, are we having a party or something? She walks off and she's like, oh, this is going fine. And then Abby Lee just comes out and smacks her. And then, oh, this is yeah. when it, this is when it, shit hits the fan basically yeah. but I wasn't expecting her to die I expected I for a minute when I saw Jenna Malone I was like okay she rebuttaled her earlier when Jenna Malone adva- made her advances to her but I didn't expect that moment to happen the one moment that I think is still to this day the most disturbing image in the film for me not the scene in the morgue not the scene with the knife just, but it doesn't bother me I just thought it was a little bit disturbing it's the last scene with Jenna Malone where she's lying on the ground naked and essentially she comes out of her Almost like a burst. It's at the end of the film. You don't remember it? 
It's like one of the oh. last. It's that one of the last scenes of the film. It's before um, the last fashion show with um, Abby Lee and Abby Lee and. I remember the scene where she's in the bath. No, this is after that. Right. Abby Lee and Abby Lee and uh, Bella Helka go for that last fashion show. It's before. Yeah. It's before she kills herself. She lies on the ground naked, and then we see a something appear out of her nether regions. This is Jenna Malone. This is Jenna Malone, yeah. I don't remember. I I just remember remember her sitting down kind of half naked in your woman's grave. Like the where they would Oh yeah. Is that what the one you're talking Uh, about? Yeah, I remember seeing it and it wasn't in her grave, it was in her house. And it was like a peering window outside, and I remember seeing it. And then the last, and we see a shot of her smile. That's the last thing we see of her. I, don't, I remember seeing that, and I've been yeah. so disturbed by that. I don't know because I well, had no clue that, what was is going that on. Immediately after the when she's lying in the bath scene. It's it's not long well, after it. It could be because I mean that to me is a stunning image, image of that her in the bath and the two showers. Yeah, and the whole way it's done because they're they're basically blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah. so it's clear they have consumed yeah. her yeah. at this stage, but it's. That's not the point of it. It's not yeah. like it's you look at it and it's not like you don't see it as death. No, it's you just see it as them as if they were having a relaxing yeah, spa. But it's, yeah. it's almost erotic. Yeah. Like it's the whole well, thing of them washing in a shirt. It's all done in slow yeah, motion. That's, it's, done, it's done the way fashion conveys yeah. that's, that's what Revan uh, he said he described himself when he was interviewed before the film as a pornographer. And that's a yeah. clear indication of that when you see that shot. It's just shot so erotically. You can see every part of them in yeah. that shot. And it's and it's here over them like but that. It, but that, this is what I'm saying. It's not erotic in itself. No. It's a send-up. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, it's because of the whole thing, it is evil. Mm-hmm. It's basically there. What they're doing is just not washing. They're yeah. washing the blood what? of themselves. And it keeps cutting back to Jenna Malone, who is not showering. She's it, lying in, in the, the bath. bath. Covered in blood, and it's a blood bath. And she just looking at them. It's just a, and she's, such a brilliant yeah. image. And again, the music is there as well. Yeah. And this is what I love about throughout the film mm. and the way they use the music is that it's real dramatic and uh, not entertaining, but it has that feel of disco or mm. whatever, or being in a club or anything like that. And that's I don't like out. that. <laughs> I know, but that's it helps, it hel- yeah, it helps me feel sicker. Mm. Like it, I know, I know, it, I know it just, but that's what I kind of hate. I was expecting, honestly, when you said you were going to watch it, I was like, she's not going to like it. She's no, not. I love. I know you love that. I was not. No, I, I was really worried because I was like, I was talking, about, I, was, I was thinking of asking to do a different film, but I was like, no, that film is probably done already, and it's old, so I think I'll do something recent. Then, then I remember saying, I walked off after meeting you, talking as an I was like, oh god, she's gonna be terrified. We've been saying a long time with Marine wanted to because she loved drive. Yeah, and I mean, when I was out. I was looking forward mm. to the whole thing. And I mean, she has good taste for a girl. Yeah. <laughs> girl, yeah. Thank you. No, I just, just I said, there's no yeah, way I could say she has good taste without sounding patronising, so I just got a whole, gold a whole hog. And, and you have triggered, and you've triggered all of the feminists <laughs> on your podcast. <laughs> anyway, after Mick saw Neon Demon, he kept annoying me and saying, oh, you'd love this film. Oh, you'd love yes, this did. film. And oh, you did. Loved, I did. Hmm. Yes, because you love Strive. You haven't seen Only God Forgives yet. No, I haven't. And you love that. I guarantee, I, guarantee, I guarantee I saw your post there recently uh, where you said that I think you posted about the 17 Disney films that were in uh, production. Everyone and, uh, saw that. I saw people like and that. Oh my God. I saw that and I said to myself, after you make her, I just realized, after you make her watch on Only God Forgives, that's, that is your future. That is your future. Because like, I don't, I don't know. But if I'm she, not making her, not forcing her. To, I'm, I'm introducing you to films. Have I yet recommended a film to you that you hated? Not that I can, t- like I can't remember now. And I think and there is probably no the, the straight story you loved. 
Yeah. Um, Very long engagement. Life of Brian. Life of Brian. And I mean, but it works. Did you only like, watch that recently? It was, yeah, well, it was, it was a year this. ago. Well, yeah, but I mean, okay. I would say it's like <laughs> we're mentioning Blue is the warmest color. Really introduced me to that. That's mixed number that one film. Of all you know time. the way you, the, you know the way you rewatch films to find meaning and find these things. He rewatches that one to do what I don't know. <laughs> But meaning in some way, he's still trying to find. Anyway, mm. I loved cinematography. I'm my, editing I, this I, podcast to death. <laughs> I actually wanted to say that my favorite scene was the first scene of all the opening scene. The mo- where she's modeling as yeah. I just love the I, lo- I just love the opening scene. title sequence. The title sequence is that is what blew me away. Like uh, you could, it, mm. it's just like the it's, it's well he has like his, that he has J W N W R appearing like a, as someone pointed out as a perfume display. Yeah, and then he has like the he has like the names going and the sparkling lights come down to reveal yeah. the name. That is and again, brilliant. And I love that at the end. And even yeah. that's another image at the end, like the end of this woman just walking into the sea or something. Yeah, like and then that. Sia starts and playing. Music and the, well, that is, and it's just it's like it's a, like a pop video of yeah, the eighties. It thought, is. This is just so. Cool. And, and, and it's no relevance and then so he says and then it says at the end right? of the film for his wife and I was oh, like yeah. interesting present for his wife she, at least she knows his mind more than everyone else does <laughs> so that rounds it up nicely <laughs> brings us full circle mm. so we will say uh, I have been preaching about Neon Demon for some time mm-hmm. and then Chris sticks his oar in and says let's watch me and Demon okay I was so, glad to do are that are you glad you saw it I am Thank you. It's a shame. It's a shame that we you, you didn't see it in cinema. So yeah, yeah so, I actually, no. There's two reasons for that. One, because of course it's a visual masterpiece, yeah. and uh, you don't have a great cinema story to tell. <laughs> as That's I true. as I tend to do nearly every time I go to see a bloody movie, <laughs> every That's time. But well, I do have well. a nearly embarrassing experiences and everyone would see the whole the, like, the masturbation scene well, I, I had to well, go I to the bathroom that, that which they could probably thought she's image. taking that to the bathroom <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> exactly what crossed my mind as you said at that mm. point said so you're sitting there I predict you're builders you're sitting there in a room watching a film like that with builders passing by and I say passing by I frequently <laughs> and then suddenly you disappear with the laptop into the bathroom I still think, for some time I still think as film students the best thing is going to see a film as a film student like going to see a film like that or a film that mainstream audiences wouldn't go and see and then seeing a mainstream audience there and seeing their reaction is one of the best things on earth yeah. when well, I went when I went to see Silence uh, I remember it came out in cinema they, tons of people were at the cinema half of the cinema left yeah. <laughs> happened to Marina, half, well, where did you go and see it? I went to see it in Cineworld and yeah. I regretted seeing it in Cineworld because I'm never going to see another another art house film in Cineworld again. No, that's the thing, because I, I saw that in the lighthouse and no one left. Uh, but you and see, was it Dundrum or it Dundrum? Dundrum, Dundrum, yeah. And, and people, people left. See, because people went for the wrong reasons. Mm. They all went to see Liam Neeson film. This <laughs> 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 is true. Yeah. yeah. And Mr. Marinogorski went thinking yeah. it was a Liam Neeson film. And people who go to the lighthouse generally would go specifically mm-hmm. they specifically pick out the lighthouse as a cinema because it's an effort to go to it whereas Cineworld you just drop in or don't drum or anything like that yeah. um, and they would be yeah. art house officiandos yeah. they know what they're going to get mm. Uh, the worst cinema experience I've ever had. And this is actually for a mainstream film, so maybe it's my fault for going to see a mainstream film. I'm sorry. I went see Male- I went to see Maleficent uh, back in 2014. Right. Meh movie. Well, I remember going to see it. I was waiting to see. Yeah, I was waiting to see. <laughs> they ruined that character. They, I, I, <laughs> I was waiting to see Edge of Tomorrow, but it was on late, and my friends going, and I said, I figure I go see a film before I go see it. And I was sitting there, 
and uh, you know their kids are going to be there. They're going to be. They're going to do their thing. You know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> they're going to do their thing. They're going to be uproarious and irritated. But who cares? They ha- I heard there was this woman. And she had like six kids with her. I assume they were taking like all the other thing, or else she was having fun times. <laughs> but um, she was with her six children or whatever, and they were being very, very, very uproarious and being very, very irritating. But you know. And at one point, they started standing on chairs. And I was like, okay, come on. You can, you can run. She stood up and I was like, yes. You know what she did? In the middle of the cinema, in full view of people behind her, started taking photos of them. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with, with, the, with the flash on. Oh <laughs> with the flash on. And there were people behind. You're just very unlucky. Yeah. Like we rarely have a story about the cinema. We've had bad experience, but nothing like this. I've had a that between that one and then the other one. I, me- I think I mentioned to you guys outside the Conjuring one. I, I mentioned yeah. to you guys where it was. <laughs> there was a little kid in the audience. It was at the end. Now, this is actually just fun. That was a great experience seeing that movie because it was both horror, about scary and hilarious. <laughs> but there was that little kid in the cinema at the end of the film. Spoilers: When the text comes up and you hear a quote from Ed and Lorraine Warren and it says saying the devil is real or something, and some little kid in the middle of the uh, middle of the audience is pitch quiet, very intense. Little kid in the background goes, "Wait, the devil's real." <laughs> <laughs> And then the audience just collectively all laughs at him. <laughs> oh, best! What can you do? Yeah, that was still to this day. And the re- the reactions of the audience are what got me about that film too. Uh, I really wish there was a mainstream audience, but yeah, Demon, because it, every time there was a, a horrifying image in the background, all you in in Conjuring, all you would hear is someone going. <laughs> okay. Well, we will leave it there. Okay. And so. We've our verdict is we all love the film. Yeah. Yes, and we definitely. All, um, love Ning Nicholas Winding Raffin. And look forward to his next. Movie. Which is an which is an Amazon TV series starring Miles Teller. Oh, they just that's an, interesting. They just announced that he will be leading it. Wow. Okay. Well, do you have a score? Oh, well, I give a ten out of ten. As okay, I say, yeah. it was my film of the year last year. No, 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 sweetheart. Yours five stars. Oh, five, you're quite right. Yeah. Thank you. For I never write. I never rate with stars. <laughs> But uh, I'll say I'll give it four and a half. Yeah. I'll... What, a five? Four, 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 oh, okay. I was like, See, what? Just, uh, no, but I use ten, so ten. No, I use, I use that as well, so I, I say nine. Okay. Nine. Okay. Hopefully. So, okay. we'll end it there again. <laughs> um, been, well, yeah, so thank up, you to... Wrap it up. Yeah. You, ra- you definitely wrapped it up so, by saying that. <laughs> by saying that to make it. All right, thanks very much for listening. I've been Marina guest. Thank you very much. Say goodbye. Can we? Oh, okay. wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sweetheart. Okay, <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. Thank you. For joining us in this and, uh, if, fun. <laughs> thank you. And as I said, you can find my YouTube channel, which is called Christopher Buckley. And then you can also, uh, I also write uh, film reviews. Haven't written one in a while, but I'm getting back to it soon. Uh, I also write film related articles on ChristopherBuckley.reviews.wordpress.ie. So there you go. Okay. And follow and me on Twitter. Christopher B16. Us on Twitter <laughs> as well. And um, if Marina can bother keeping it up to date. At Christopher B16. <laughs> Facebook at Spoiler Pop. Spoiler Rabbit <laughs> 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 Pop. Spoiler Rabbit Pop. Okay, I feel I should take over. And don't forget your SoundCloud. No. And sound, well, SoundCloud is Spoiler Rabbit Pod. <laughs> That's normally our handle. Sorry, yeah. I'm just trying to clean my face, mix spit. <laughs> Spoiler Rabbit Pod. You can't pod. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> John will be the next guest and he'll have a barrier between you. I'm going to be the next guest without me. I'm never doing this again. So you can find us just putting us in Google, Spoiler on my pod. We have our Facebook, SoundCloud and Twitter account. 
And um, yeah, there you go. Email. Again. But, Give it again. You haven't said it yet. But people can just find us through social media and they can okay. send us email. Email. What's our email? As if our inbox would be full. If not if you're this is I'll, attitude. I'll add one for you. <laughs> when is the ne- when, when can I when address. when can I be on it next time? <laughs> Bow Lane so Productions B O W L A N E P R O C. I want to say something. People know how to spell production. I want to I want to point something out. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I was actually spelling the, proc. The headphones that the headphones are blocking it, but from my angle, it looks like you two are holding hands. <laughs> and we are. I assure you, we're not. <laughs> That's why I wave my hands throughout the podcast all Mick, the time. Mick is just doing a, a mating dance. <laughs> this is all you. I'm sitting here, the innocent victim here of this slur. I think you need to wrap it up. Poor Woody Mick. Allen. I'm assuming, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming you've met John before. I've met him several times. Yeah. I think next I'll be meeting him again. The next time you meet him, he's going to do the whole, uh, what was it, the, the father the father meeting the boyfriend where he squeezes your hand when he, sh- when he shakes it. <laughs> as it hard as he can. not father either. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> okay. Wrap it up. Oh, God. I've been trying to, I've been Mick Jordan. I Thank ju- you for listening to us on Spoilerama. Mm. Marina has given you all our Facebook Yes, they know that I've said contacts. it. So I would like now to end the show by saying goodbye. Please forgive me. I've been Mick Jordan. I've been Marina Gorski. And I've been Chris Buckley, and I hope to be back again. Woohoo! <laughs>